What do you do when you realize that you're a woman trapped in a man's body? What do you do when you realize the man you married is a woman? In this series, we reflect on our past to discuss how we got here and explore where we can go from this point moving forward. Hi, welcome to The Rage. My name is Jennifer Termini. And I'm Callista Termini. And today we're going to be talking about therapy? Primarily, right? yeah. And what got us there and what worked and what didn't work? or Right. So um, I actually just played for Jennifer a recording um, that was from about two years ago. And, um, and it was when we hadn't... This was after you told me you were transitioning, mm -hmm. and uh, maybe so it's maybe within the first six months, I think. Was, we went on yeah. a camping trip yep. with a bunch of our friends. Yep. An annual thing that we do every year, but now is this whole new thing of uh, we've got you transitioning. So yeah, we were all trying to adjust to that. Yep. And so it was out. It was public. I was definitely feeling very much like a third wheel mm -hmm. um, during the camping trip. Oh, yeah. um, and then why? Because people were walking on eggshells around you, or how were people I think a lot you? of it was because of me. I don't think it was anything that anybody did. It was mm -hmm. because now all of a sudden I'm in this weird sort of transitory state, especially, and I have a word for it, like I looked really transy, yeah. which means it's like you are changing what you're wearing, you're changing how you look. How you talk. Yeah, and all of that, but at the same time, it's so so early on that it yeah. just, it's kind of queer, I well, guess, it is was, a way of looking at it. Everybody was in transition at that point. Me, our daughter, all of our friends, everyone was trying to be cool and embrace this new situation. But nobody, it was like a hot potato. Nobody knew how exactly to be. But I think the, the basis of it was everyone was kind. Yeah. Everyone was polite and kind but they had their own thoughts swirling around in their head that they just kept to themselves for the most part, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that yeah. was my experience. Oh, yeah. So um, so I played this video um, audio um, because uh, Jen had been out <clears throat> around the campfire and had been... Um, I was talking with some girlfriends about a trip. I had been invited by my friend to go to Costa Rica for a 50th birthday party for her brother-in-law and a bunch of people. And she and I like to go on these, you know, trips. We'd only gone on a couple, but they were very much like an athletic where you're running, you're doing yoga. And we are kind of, we're starting to get into a groove where we thought this is a really great thing to do for our personal, mental, emotional well-being. Get away for a couple of days exercise, you know, girl time, whatever. So she had invited me to Costa Rica and I agreed. Well, I hadn't told Callista and I hadn't told our daughter. So cut to you overhearing me talking about it by the yep. campfire. Yep. Talking about it, but also saying some things that were kind of hurtful um, because, you know, uh, and if you want me to, I don't know if you want well, me I to. Well, I mean, I, you can say your experience, but I, I know that I was... I didn't want to, I was afraid to tell you about it. And I knew our daughter was going to freak out. She wasn't going to be happy if I went on another trip because I had gone to Greece like six months before. 
and um, right like two weeks after Calista told me that she was transitioning that was already a trip that was planned previously mm-hmm. but um, so now here six months later Athena's gonna say what are you doing and I knew you weren't gonna like it and in my mind you didn't have the right to tell me that if I could or couldn't go that's mm-hmm. where I was my head was at I was a little I was angry mm-hmm. but it's interesting that you thought that I would tell you you know, that you could or could not go because I don't think, and you tell me, but I don't think I was ever one to stop you or say you can't do something. You're right. You didn't really stop me, but also I didn't do some of the things I wanted to do. I censored myself Mm -hmm. because I didn't think you would like it. So you weren't even aware, but I censored myself a lot during our relationship, Mm -hmm. during our marriage. I didn't have a gym membership because I thought you wouldn't like the expenditure. Hmm. That was me censoring myself. You didn't tell me not to do it, mm-hmm. but I knew that you wouldn't like certain things. So I might have made assumptions that weren't accurate, mm-hmm. but I had lived, you know, 17 years of censoring myself. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. So when it when this trip came up, I just was really dug my heels in and was like, I will not censor myself on this. I am going. So I might have built it up oh, bigger yeah. than it could have been. And I didn't tell you. And then you found out and you got yeah. pretty mad. Well, it wasn't that wasn't the thing I was mad about. The thing I was mad about was that I'm sitting in the tent. Um, Athena's asleep. And I don't even know what the thing is. All I hear is, Oh, she's going to be so mad when she hears. She's going to be so mad when and she finds out. this is me out. talking. Yeah. And I'm hearing this out, you know, at the at the campfire, you know. Yeah, because my girlfriend's been saying, have you told her yet? And I was yeah. like, no, she's going to be so mad. Um, and, and then to hear you go and to say, fuck her. I don't care. I don't have to accept her being transgender. And she could go fuck herself. And I was... Did I say that? Yeah. I mean, that was... You're not ad-libbing? I said that? I don't know if you said she could go fuck herself, but you said, I don't... I probably said, I, I don't care if I, she doesn't like it. And you did say, I don't care if she's trans... I, you did say, I don't, I have, don't to have to accept her being transgender. Okay. And so I think it was all of that stuff put together. I don't... I don't I, I'm sure I said something close to that, but I don't know if those were the exact words, but I was mm-hmm. probably being very defiant yeah. in that moment, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, that happened. I mean, of course, it was a really shitty experience that night. I hated that night. I wanted to have the car You confronted me about it in the tent, right? I did. Um, And I wanted to go home. I just, I wanted to get out of there. And that was such a, even for me, it was a different experience because it was like, I knew that the marriage was over. And now I have to stay in this space where I feel not accepted like it was almost like the truth came out of like I'd been holding my breath just waiting for you know it's sort of like you know like the angel and the devil and the devil being like see I told you she doesn't accept you and now it's like I just want to run away I just want to get away and be alone yeah and well and I wasn't going to let you do that because it was late at night and everyone ourselves included had been drinking and Mm -hmm. just wasn't a good idea so I was very firm about no one is going anywhere please just relax and go to sleep and let's talk about it later yeah Yeah. um but you know what one thing I want to address is I know that you at the time you felt like aha the truth is out she is callous and she doesn't accept me Mm -hmm. and and it really 
the bigger picture wasn't about that because ultimately I, I was accepting. It was just, I was going through that really rocky terrain of how do I deal with this? Yeah. How do I navigate this? It was so fresh. So yeah, oh, there's yeah. going to be explosive, inappropriate, awkward uh, moments. And I was, but it was really the crux of it was I didn't want to be told that I couldn't go. Mm -hmm. So I was really kind of being over the top about it. And I do apologize to you now for that. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's messy. Yeah. You know, this breakups are messy transitioning neither one of us have ever dealt with this before nope. so um you know i think i remember asking you can you give me a break yeah. can you please please give me a break and go to sleep and and you weren't really having it at the time in mm. fact you were recording me right which i just found out about today well we i listened to it yeah i had actually well so our whole conversation about what we were going to talk about started about talking about therapy and going back to um when we saw a, a, a therapist a marriage therapist. And I have a question about that for yeah, you. Yeah, so hold on. So about a marriage therapist um, to talk about how we were going to not stay together, but how we could be kind to each other, uncouple successfully, I think right. is the term. So when she said that, it reminded me that I had made this recording because my intent was I was going to play it for the therapist mm -hmm. because it was like, at that time, it was like, I have this aha moment. Mm. And that so I it, wasn't being real in my acceptance I or my... I think, I don't know, it's funny because, you know, hindsight being what it is, I think at the time, it, what I was thinking was that it was going, to, I, the revelation was going to be, you see, you see what I have to put up with, that kind yeah. of thing. It's funny, that's happened twice now. We've gone to a therapist two times, and both times you were like, I want to go so that the therapist can tell Jennifer <laughs> that she is wrong, yeah. that she is not on the, on the right side of things. Right. And I'm like, bring it. Let's bring it because the therapist is going to see that you're not on the right side of things. So we both were coming at it from a, I'll show you. Right. Well, <laughs> okay. Right. More or less, I suppose. I don't know if I completely ascribe well, to that. You, but when you yeah. in the audio, when we're listening to it, you said, you know, um, you said something to me, and I said, well, you're so selfish. Yeah. And you said, well, you're callous. You know, how are you? Or you started off saying I was callous, and then I said, well, you're selfish. And you said, tell me how I'm selfish. I want to know. And you clearly wanted me to say it on tape. I didn't know you were taping me, but mm -hmm. I was like, I will write it down and I will give it to the therapist and we will talk <laughs> about it then. Uh -huh. I was like, that's right. That is what is happening. <laughs> well, you know, I will say this. Um, the next day, which I didn't record, um, was that um, out of that, I did have a big epiphany, which was that I had forgotten how to be a friend to you mm. so out of that and out of this need for you to feel like you couldn't talk to me or that I wouldn't approve or something it just I think I did walk away with this like wow you know she thinks I'm selfish she thinks I'm all of these things and it just was like putting myself in your shoes made me realize and look at myself and say, yeah, I really have not been a friend to you. And I realized in that moment that I was building up a wall thicker than needed to be. I was putting slabs of, you know, cement and bricks up 
as fast as I could to create a wall between us. And that really wasn't the right thing to do. But, you know, you do these things unconsciously. You don't even realize what's happening. And we project onto the other person how we think they're going to react and what they're going to say to us. And oftentimes it's not the case. So the beautiful thing about going to a couples therapist was that we learned some language and we learned one of the, one of the things that I think about all the time this therapist said to us well tell me what's going on and I start in with some explanation and, and he said well that's a wonderful story I'm not interested or you would start in and they would say Callista what do you think and you'd say well blah 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 and they'd say stop that story I don't mm-hmm. care how do you feel and what do you want those very small simple nuggets have been immensely powerful to me and I think they're so profound and it really like it gets right to the heart of things right mm-hmm. the emotion-based therapy so I really appreciated that what did you think of it yeah because I think one of the things that I had walked in there was hoping and praying that somehow there was a way that we could um, save the marriage and out of that it was like it was clear that that's what i wanted but it wasn't what you wanted and so in that environment of being more or less where you're forced to hear things that you don't want to hear yeah um i realized that no this this is not going to turn out the way that you want it to turn out but that it's going to be okay and if we hadn't gone to a therapist and done that i might have still been like I don't accept this, I don't accept this, I don't accept this. Yeah, because you kept telling me, you know, the the thing you said to me that makes me smile, but it wasn't funny at the time, but it makes me smile now because it was like you were so, like, sweet and and genuine and wanting this to be true, is you said, well, you know, this could work out for us. And I said, well, I'm not a lesbian. And you said, you don't know that. (laughs) And I said, well, I... I do know that. And you were like, you don't know that. You do not know that. Give it a chance. And and it was like, it, I laugh and I giggle now because it's like, it was so earnest and your desire for that to be it true. Really and it was yeah. really kind of sweet. But at the same time, it was like delusional because that wasn't my, maybe delusional sounds bad. <laughs> I don't mean to sound bad, but okay. it was not based in what was happening in front of you. Like I was very clear that I don't want that. That's not who I am. That's not going to work for me. Yeah. But it was like those words were not entering your ears because you didn't want to hear them yeah I, so you were just like just you don't know that i wanted like, to yeah, i was like i was grabbing <laughs> at straws it was like how can i keep this together because um it was and it's still like playing that old um recording um i'm i guess i'm I'm glad that I saved it so that we could talk about it, but I kind of... Is it of, different than what you thought it was? Because I think you thought it was more inflammatory than it was. Than it was. I think I think you're right. I think that I thought it was going to be more inflammatory, but... I, I'm actually offering you blankets and saying, please <laughs> just go to sleep, please, yeah. you know? But, um, but the thing that I do hear is, and I do remember, is the pain of that time of... I mean, it just, it did. It took me back of remembering, like, feeling like my whole world is crumbling around me. Well, it was, in a way, a part of it. Oh, no, the whole, my and whole world. And mine, too. Yeah, no, my whole world had come apart, and I didn't know what the future held. And, I mean, it was, that was May, there was June, July, and August was when we sold the house. End of July, start of August. 
was when I was in this apartment. And I remember being surrounded by boxes and just being like in this space and feeling like alone. And it was a very, very, and I'm not saying that it wasn't a hard time for you too. It was a very hard time for you as well. And such a hard adjustment. Um, So it just really brought me back to all of the emotions and all of the pain that I was experiencing and trying to figure out how am I going to make any of this work? How am I supposed to even put one foot in front of the other? Yeah, and you hit upon something that was absolutely true. I, I for sure ran. I ran from our problems. Uh, I handled the things that I needed to handle, but emotionally, I just shoved it in a box and I, I just started traveling. I started traveling as much as I could. We did some traveling together, but that was still a way to escape the reality of what was really happening. And um, I don't know if I've already mentioned this, but it, it's been you know two years and I feel like I've had my grief was delayed a little bit and like just recently I was crying a lot and like really really sad and I'm like why I should have been doing this you know 18 months ago why am I doing this now and it's because I delayed I delayed the grief process and then you even said yeah you seem so callous you just packing up boxes and doing I was in survival mode I was like sell a house buy a house you know, get everything packed up, get, make sure Athena's okay. Like I wasn't focusing on, on the trauma that I was, uh, feeling. I just, I couldn't at that time. Yeah. No, I remember it's like, see things like of, I remember painting one of the walls and I remember like with every brush stroke, it felt like erasing the life that we had. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's still painful. Um, I mean, things are okay. I mean, it's good. I'm glad uh, that we did handle things in a way that was, by and large, very respectful and very, um, uh, you know, uh, compassionate towards the other person. But, um, yeah, I just, it's funny. I think about that time and it's like, and there's still, you know, um, I think it's just, oh boy, I think it's just the feelings of um, having your life come apart and just remembering that time um, brings up all of those, those thoughts. And so, you know, things are better now and I'm so happy that we have the relationship that we have. I don't think we could have gotten to where we are today without that therapist helping us to help each other in clearing the way so that we could hear and listen to each other. Yeah, it was such a succinct way of communicating that I thought was extremely helpful because sometimes when Callista and I are talking or when we used to talk, um, we wouldn't really hear each other, you know, and I always felt like, this is my opinion, I always felt like you were more closed than I was and that may not be the case, but I always felt like you were a little more fixed, a little more positioned. And if I would say something to you, you would say, you know, don't manage me or don't try to mother me or don't try to change me. But in the presence of a therapist, like a third party person, uh, uh, kind of that therapist would hold a mirror up in front of both of us. And would you would kind of push back and the therapist would sort of hold up this proverbial mirror and you were able to say, oh, 
yes, I am being stubborn or I am being defiant or I'm not listening to her. Yeah. And like, likewise, same for me. They would hold a mirror up for me and, and see where I was not listening or not being agreeable or not um, looking at the bigger picture. So it was so invaluable to have that third party person. And I know that not every therapist works because I, I've had indi an individual therapist that I didn't really connect with and I didn't really feel I got much out of it. But this particular couples therapist was so good. I'm forever grateful. Yeah. Yeah, I am too. Um, because he, because of what he was able to allow us to bring into the session and then decode. Yeah, rather, ourselves. He yeah. didn't tell us what to do. He didn't tell us how to do it. He just kind of would say, hey, let's strip away all the bullshit and let's get down to what do you, how do you feel and what do you want? I <laughs> yeah. mean, it all comes back to that, right? Yeah, and, and hearing the other person and mm -hmm. understanding like, no, she doesn't want, does not want, does not want, want to. what, no, blah, 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 blah. Uh, doesn't want what you want and so and do you hear that and, and you would and actually do say do that? you hear yeah. this and Clusto would because say. the thing is is that yeah. speaking for myself it's like there'd be a but but this but that but 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 and there would be a story and it but she would, might be a lesbian <laughs> or or if it was just like or there'd be a story but then there was this time and it's like i would always go into these stories because one of my things that i've learned that i've needed to uh figure out is and this comes from not really feeling heard when I was a child uh. is having to feel like if I say something and people and I don't get the reaction that I want well mm -hmm. then they must not have heard me properly uh. because I felt like I was being misinterpreted like what I was saying was being misinterpreted mm -hmm. and so that would make me say it again and it's like they heard you. They heard what you had to say. They just don't agree. <laughs> like, what do you mean? They just didn't hear me if they only heard me. If they only heard me, they would yeah. know. And I, you were definitely trying to do that with me. If she could just understand my point of view, she would come around and realize, you know, right. we shouldn't break up this family. And how could we break up this family? And it's like, well, and I didn't want to break up And there's up a way forward. The and that, yeah, somehow there was a way forward. And yeah. there was a way forward. Yeah, and um, I remember I kept saying to you, you know, we can still be a family. It's just not going to look the way you think it's going to look. And mm -hmm. I really meant that. I just didn't know how to execute it. But I felt strongly that while I couldn't stay in the marriage and I couldn't remain a romantic partner, uh, I could remain a, a family member, mm -hmm. you know, even if you became crazy Aunt Kathy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're not crazy Aunt Kathy. But um, but I really was sincere about that. But I was also nervous and afraid because of your depression yep. and the anxiety. And there was a gun in the house that we had gotten after there were burglaries in the neighborhood and you got it. And I just didn't feel comfortable. I really wanted it gone. Mm -hmm. But I wanted, I, I'm pretty sure we've already talked about this, but I really wanted her to get rid of it on her own and think that it was a good idea because, you know, I could get rid of it and then she could just go get another one. And, um, and I didn't know. Anyway, yeah. I'm kind of going off on yeah. a different subject, but the point is that um, uh, I did mean it when I said I wanted to still remain a family but it, I, I also said it because i was worried that if i said straight like we're just going to get a divorce i didn't know what you would do right you know so i used it as a buffer to kind of ease out of the marriage but i also did mean it mm -hmm. and and obviously the proof that i meant it is that i'm here yeah i mean you had already said before that you wanted a divorce and that you were moving out because that had been back in january yeah of that year but there i was always afraid of 
your mental state, right. not knowing that you were better than I thought. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just didn't well, know. You well, don't yeah, know. You had been with me for so long and dealing with all of the depression that I was dealing with. And also from an emotional point of view, it's like, you know, you were saying how um, you didn't know how I would react to things sometimes. Well, or, sometimes a person can get mad. They might lash out. And you might get angry. You're leaving me. You're breaking right. up this family. I'm going to do something drastic. So I was... I was really in panic mode, yeah. like, silently, like, just white-knuckling. Right. It. I mean, I've never been that type of a person to be, like... I know, but you, you don't know. know. Yes, I I understand. didn't know. Well, and I will say this, um, you know, guns are the leading cause of suicide. Uh, there's plenty of ways that people kill themselves, but but a gun is certainly the... There's, generally speaking, there's no coming back from a from a gunshot um, where, you know, if someone takes pills or something that there's time that someone can go and can rescue them and then they, can, yeah. then they can get the help that they want. But with a gun, that doesn't exist. And so sometimes someone can be so upset that they just say, you know what, fine, it, I, I'm just, I'm going to do it. And they do it and they don't have to, but it's too late. There's nothing that can now be done to um, bring them back. So I'm so glad that you got rid of that yeah, willingly. I never really, really wanted a gun to begin with. Did you do it because you thought it was the masculine thing to do to try to show that you were protecting the house that, because I was nervous about were, burglars and you whatnot. Like some of the stories that you told were pretty shocking stories. Yeah, people coming into the house like during the day and doing crazy things. People like literally knocking on the door and the person opening the door and then being they tased. They shoved it. Remember yeah. how oh, you yeah, said they that tased they tased them. them and then charged towards the wife who uh, picked up a knife oh, and stabbed the guy and the guy yeah. ran out. So I was like, damn, I'm getting a gun, you know? I'm like, I'm going to drop a sucker if I need to. Yeah. Not that I ever wanted to. And it God usually forbid. doesn't work out that way. No. But, you know, you don't keep the bullets with the gun and by the time you even get to it, they usually use it against you. Well, that's, so. the, that's the thing. The gun is either used against you or you end up hurting yourself with the gun. More, There's more, more people are hurt by having a gun than they do by protecting themselves from yeah. something that may never come to pass. So I'm anyway, glad, it's gone. I'm glad I don't have it. I don't, yeah. I'm not a gun person. So, um, so there, um, the, but going back to, you know, how I would react, I think a big part of the problem too, was that during the time before I transitioned, my mental, part of the reason for the depression was because chemically, I was imbalanced. Mm -hmm. And when I started taking estrogen and when I was able to be my authentic self, it all went away. Yeah. So those two things, like hand in hand, it was like a miracle cure for me because I'm not depressed anymore. In fact, I was on antidepressants. I've talked about this for a long time and I've been uh, tapering off slowly. Have you still, are you still tapering? Yeah, and I'm on very, very little right mm -hmm. now. I'm almost at the point where I'm almost completely off and I feel great. I mean, we can have these conversations. I can get about upset about things. Um, and it's but, not devastating. No. Like he used to shut down. Yeah. When we had have this, if oh I brought God. up anything yep. that made you uncomfortable, you would say, you would give me the, the scowl, this like eyeball, mm -hmm. and you would quite often say, you know, how dare you? <laughs> but you meant it. Like uh, it was really... I know. <laughs> I would... Um, yeah, and I think I think the how dare you was meant as, was meant as a joke, but the shutting down was the real part because 
I didn't emotionally. It's like everything was miswired. It never sounded like a joke. Now when you say it, it sounded like a joke. Yeah. At the time, it sounded super serious. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad. It, it, the Having a therapist to help us successfully uncouple really made a, a smart big decision. It did. And, um, and it's why we're here today and we're able to be... Uh, able to have this podcast and, and talk about or YouTube channel, whatever we're doing. Um, yeah. And platform uh, to share our experiences. Thank you. So well said. Thank you. In the hopes that other people who might be experiencing something like this could have some resources to see what maybe what worked, what didn't work. I mean, certainly we're not suggesting our way is the only way because it's so individual. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm unique, you're unique, and we just happen to be, uh, it works for us might not work for everyone yeah. but the the bottom thing bottom line thing is the kindness empathy mm -hmm. listening having respect for one another and and yeah kindness even, and even when you disagree yeah. because we do disagree and and i really think there's something to be said for um if you love someone um set them free you know because as hard as it was to let you go i knew that i had to and I'm glad because... And I, actually, I circled back, and I'm probably more present in your life now than I was well, before I, as your wife. I think we're right? better people for each other. I mm -hmm. think we're better friends now. For sure. And, um, and so I'm very thankful for that. Well, me too. Okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> On that note... Another successful uh, uh, platform episode. Um <laughs> So, uh, yes, thank you for uh, tuning in. If you liked what you saw, uh, please hit that subscribe button. And if you have any questions, you want clarification, please ask us and we'll do our best to um, answer those questions, yeah. honor that request. Great. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. If you haven't done so already, please hit the like, share, and subscribe button now. We truly appreciate all your wonderful support. Find us on social media at The Rage Episodes and leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Want to get more involved? Join us on Patreon. Supporters receive extra benefits as well as access to member-only content. Thanks again and have a beautiful day.